Welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. This is Michael Delaware. I am your host. And in today's journey through history, we're going to take a look at another aspect of weather that sometimes is seasonal, but has had a profound impact on Southwest Michigan. And that is the story of flooding. I've covered a few episodes in the past on flooding, one large one in particular on the Great Flood of 1904, but I have not covered more of a regionally specific area of flooding. And today I'm going to talk about the flooding of Kalamazoo. There was some recent research done by the Kalamazoo Library, and I want to share some of the history of flooding in the Kalamazoo Valley area. So come along and join me. Seasonal flooding has been occurring in southwest Michigan since the 1850s and probably many, many years before. That is only the benchmark time when uh, the first newspapers started showing up and making a written record. Early pioneer settlers that arrived much earlier than that probably experienced seasonal flooding in the various areas that they settled. And anytime you settle in a river valley or along rivers, you're bound to experience some sort of seasonal flooding especially in southwest Michigan. When I covered the story of the flood of 1904, I covered stories of flooding all the way up to uh, Lansing and the Grand River area, all the way to Grand Rapids, the Kalamazoo River Valley, and Battle Creek, and parts of Jackson, and many of the other communities in between that experienced different levels of flooding during that time. But there are early reports in the historical record of the Kalamazoo area dating back to as early as 1850. Heavy spring rains and runoff from melting snow have been the cause of havoc along the rivers, uh, especially in the low-lying areas since the beginning of time. Early accounts of rising floodwaters in Kalamazoo, as I mentioned before, can date back to the early 1850s. Uh, In late May 1858, floodwaters washed out railroad tracks west of Kalamazoo, while rapidly rising waters in the Arcadia Creek swept away sidewalks, damaged the foundry on the west edge of town, and forced several families from their homes. And most of the research that I'm going to be reading today comes from an article written by the Kalamazoo Public Library staff. This was published in January of this year, and it was written by Keith Howard for the Kalamazoo Library staff. So in January of 1880, unexpected heavy rain and melting snow took out several bridges north of Kalamazoo on the Grand Rapids and Indiana and Lakeshore and Michigan Southern Railroad lines. Flash floods from heavy summer rains in July 1896 covered many of the celery fields on the south side of Kalamazoo and ruined crops for dozens of growers. In March of 1897, floodwaters from the Kalamazoo River and Portage Creek covered the lowlands along River Street, Mill Street, Ampercy Avenue, one of the many times that high water devastated that portion of the city. And there's an excerpt from the Kalamazoo Gazette dated 6 April 1880 included in the article. It reads, Arcadia Creek and the flats adjoining appeared to be the receptacle for the greater part of the 
water falling, and cellars and basements were soon flooded, in some instances causing damage. There was also quite serious damage to dwellers on the lowlands along the Kalamazoo and Portage Rivers. Now, one of the worst floods in southwest Michigan history occurred in 1904, and it's often regarded as the historic flood of 1904. Heavy rains and melting snow in early March caused the Kalamazoo River to rise some two feet in 36 hours, and the Kalamazoo Gazette declared it the worst flood ever known in the history of the city, as workmen dynamited ice dams near the Gulf Street, East Main Street, and Michigan Central Railroad bridges to prevent them from being swept away by the raging river. So that's very interesting that they had to dynamite the ice dams that were building up in the river uh, to save the bridges. Uh, Water levels continued to rise, swelling to several feet above the flood stage. Uh, Railroads and electric interurbans were forced to stop service as the water rushed around their tracks. And there's an excerpt from the Kalamazoo Gazette. When the pall of darkness overhung the city last evening, the Kalamazoo River had reached the highest mark in its history. And all flood records for this section of Michigan were broken by the raging stream which had overflowed its banks and spread over the lowlands of Kalamazoo Valley until it resembled a veritable lake whose shores are constantly shifting as the river continues to rise. Wow, that's quite a description. By Saturday, the 26th of March, 1904, Portage Creek, Axtell Creek, and Arcadia Creek had overflowed their banks as the water level in the Kalamazoo River rose at a rate of 5 inches per hour. Many major manufacturers in the city were forced to close, leaving some 1,300 souls out of work. Most railroad traffic in and out of Kalamazoo was either delayed or had stopped completely. The Van Boschev and Brothers Greenhouse on East Vine Street was under more than a foot of water, while portions of a Grand Rapids in Indiana freight line had been derailed by the floodwaters. At its peak, the river crested at some 9 feet above the normal level, 11 inches above its previous record high water mark, shattering the former record established in 1887. As the floodwaters slowly receded, Mayor Sam Foles met with the city council to plan relief efforts. Hundreds of homes had been damaged and nearly 250 families were left homeless. Relief efforts were soon underway. Boats were brought in to help those who were stranded by the rising waters. And by midweek, the Kalamazoo Paper Mill and the King Paper Company were able to resume operation, while other factories remained closed and underwater. By April 3rd, more than a week after the flooding began, most of the remaining 15 or more factories were able to resume work after an eight-day shutdown. Repair work on damaged railroad lines was underway and rail traffic was beginning to see normal service. Keeping in mind that the Kalamazoo population in 1900 was just over 24,000, conservative estimates placed the damage within the city at more than $50,000, which would equate to about $1.7 million today. But it wasn't long before another flood would hit the Kalamazoo area, and that was the historic flood of 1908. In the early months of 1908, Kalamazooans feared a repeat of 1904 as the area again faced potentially catastrophic flooding. Heavy February snowfalls followed by an early March thunderstorm saw a deluge of water pour into the Kalamazoo River. 
Although flooding was widespread, the river crested during the evening hours of Tuesday, March 10th, some five inches below the record set in 1904. And here's an excerpt from the Kalamazoo Gazette dated 10 March 1908. It says, on Ampersea Avenue, it is impossible to go any place without the aid of a boat. The entire portion of land lying between East Avenue and the river resembles a vast lake. Still, hundreds of homes were left isolated as the floodwaters covered an area equal to, if not larger than, the coverage of four years earlier. Homes in the southeast portion of the city along Harrison and Seminary Streets saw water levels rise to their second-story windows. Nearly a dozen factories were forced to close, including the Kalamazoo Spring and Axle Company, the Riverside Foundry, Kalamazoo Paper Mills, Kalamazoo Stove Company, and Lull Carriage Company, and many others. Thankfully, the floodwaters receded quite rapidly and the damage was said to be minimal. Most of the cleanup was confined to basements and factories in the eastern portion of the city. So 1908 didn't quite reach the catastrophic levels of the flood of 1904, but it was damaging nonetheless. Uh, the catastrophic flooding of 1904 was nearly equaled again in April of 1947 when a torrential rain left a downtown area some seven blocks long and three blocks wide under one to four feet of water. At least 1,100 homes in Kalamazoo were flooded and more than 1,500 families were forced to evacuate. Now, you can also imagine that between 19... 04 and 1947, the population of Kalamazoo has grown considerably. So even though the flood itself may not have been as large as 1904, it was impacting a lot more people than in previous years. So in 1949, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers proposed a multi-million dollar Kalamazoo River Flood Control Project, which sought to provide flood protection to the city of Kalamazoo, Michigan, and adjacent areas, both upstream and downstream of the city. The project included deepening, widening, and straightening a 10-mile section of the Kalamazoo River and improving another 1.7 miles of Portage Creek. The proposed project saw both support and opposition for the better part of four decades. Environmentalists feared such an undertaking would damage the riverfront ecology and strongly opposed the project. Meanwhile, funding became an insurmountable issue. According to a 1982 Kalamazoo Gazette article, when first proposed in 1947, the work would cost around $900,000. The 1970s version of the plan was pegged at $15.1 million. The 1980s restudy failed to revive the project, and it was ultimately tabled, and although Kalamazoo river cleanup and flood control efforts still continue. Ultimately, the city began to address the problem in another way called the Arcadia Creek Project. After record floods washed through the city during the 1970s and 1980s, the $7 million Arcadia Creek Storm Sewer Improvement Project freed the creek from its aging, undersized culvert and helped alleviate some of the flooding along its route. The reconfigured stream through the northern portion of the downtown area is now able to handle stormwater more effectively. The project spurred major development in this area as well. According to a, an article in the Kalamazoo Gazette in February of 
2018. It wrote, record-breaking flooding is predicted for the Kalamazoo River at Comstock. The National Weather Service Grand Rapids reported Thursday runoff and water from smaller tributaries will continue to run into the river and raise it to an estimated 11.4 feet by late Saturday night. The Kalamazoo River was recorded at almost 10 feet Thursday afternoon. The last time the river in Comstock Township was at such levels was in 1947 when it reached 10.9 feet. Frozen ground is making the situation worse. When the Kalamazoo River crested at 10.43 feet in 2008, severe flooding damaged Kalamazoo businesses and disrupted traffic south of downtown. And that was according to the Kalamazoo Gazette. So unfortunately, aerial flooding, which is, refers to flooding over large areas in Kalamazoo, is not a thing of the past. Severe flooding was experienced in 2008 and again in 2018. The city of Kalamazoo is currently working on a plan for an estimated 120 million pump system to move stormwater from troublesome areas into the Kalamazoo River, although that project is in its early stages at this point. So that concluded the Kalamazoo Library article. But what actually causes these severe flooding issues? One automatically assumes that it was heavy rainfall, but that's not always the case. In the flood of 1904, in fact, the severest floods that I've been able to research and find on record happened in the spring, and it usually followed a record snowfall and the ground having been frozen for quite a while and then a sudden increase in temperatures, like a freak um warm spell. And we saw a little bit of that this February where we had cold temperatures for a couple of weeks and suddenly we're up into the 50 degree mark. Well, imagine that happening after a heavy snowfall where the snowpack is pretty thick and sitting on the ground and then suddenly it jumps up to 50 degrees with a spring wave of weather. And it's just the nuances of the different changes of the weather systems. And this cycle has been going through history in southwest Michigan, and I'm sure it's happened all across the, the Midwest as well, any part of the country that experiences heavy snowfall is going to experience to a greater lesser degree, especially when you're in a river valley, this sort of changes that's cyclical over time. And there have been many floods that I have researched when I was putting together the story for the flood of 1904, which always seemed to point back to as being the worst one, perhaps only equal to or slightly worse than the one in 1947. And some interesting facts about that. The precipitation levels in southwest Michigan in March of 1904, following some severe thunderstorms that hit the western area of the state up around Muskegon and Grand Rapids that had a bunch of tornadoes. But following that, according to usafacts.org website, 19% of the counties in the region experiencing precipitation levels above the 20th century normal during that time. Van Buren County became the center of the concentration and saw a large, significant difference in rainfall that was superior to anything in recorded history that March. In addition to that, by March 28th, temperatures had risen steadily to the range of 50 degrees across the region. So you had this snowpack that was on the ground, 
And then you had this heavy rainfall that was followed by a warm-up, which melted all the rest of the snow. And this caused the melting snowpack combined with the intense rainfall, which resulted in the worst flooding on record along the entire length of the Kalamazoo and Grand Rivers. So those two rivers flooded tremendously, and there was flooding that occurred in Lansing, all the way to Grand Rapids, all the way to Muskegon area, and then there was flooding that happened all the way over on the Kalamazoo River, which impacted also the Battle Creek River, which comes through southwest Michigan and impacted Battle Creek, Marshall, Kalamazoo, and the concentration of it seemed to have occurred over in the Van Buren County area. So there were lots of areas of Van Buren County that were flooded as well in 1904. And there were reports of ice building up above the bridges that had to be broken up also in the Grand Haven area during the flood of 1904. And Lansing experienced the worst flood on record when it happened in 1904 there, and it exceeded about $200,000 in property damage that year in the city, which would have been about $6.7 million today. And there were chunks of ice floating in the river as well as the high floodwaters, and some of the ice was as thick as 20 inches. And over in Pawpaw, the electric uh, light power dam was completely flooded and left the uh, town in complete darkness. The same thing happened up in Ionia. And then in Niles, the St. Joseph Riverbanks rose and several streets in the heart of the downtown area were flooded. Uh, during the 1904 flood. So quite a lot of history and a lot of damage occurred in that flood alone. And then it repeated itself in 1908. 1947 is the other significant one on record, although there were floods in the 1930s. um, And there was another flood recorded somewhere in the 1920s. Those were on the lesser scale than 1947. But the benchmark ones that tend to come up when you do research on vast regional flooding is 1904 is often considered the worst year of all the floods. Uh, 1908 would probably be like the second cousin of it or 1947, depending on uh, what area of the state that you're looking at in southwest Michigan, because certain areas were more impacted in uh, 1908 than in 1947, and some were more impacted in 1947 than in 1908. And that is fundamentally because of the effective action that some communities took after the flood of 1904. Some of those communities in southwest Michigan managed to make infrastructure improvements following 1904 or perhaps 1908. And so by the time the flooding that occurred in 1947 came, it didn't impact their communities as much as it did areas like Kalamazoo and Battle Creek. And it wasn't until after the flood of 1947 that they made major improvements in Battle Creek and they made the concrete uh, canal that you see in the downtown area that rerouted the Kalamazoo River in more of a straight line. And even now, that project is being re-examined because it's exceeded uh, by almost a decade or more of the length of time that the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers estimated that correction would last. And so they are working on planning right now to revise that, improve it, redevelop it. And um, that is something that is a project the city is working on. Um, And I'm sure they're doing the same type of thing, very similar over in Kalamazoo, as mentioned in this article. And I know that there was considerable redevelopment in the downtown area of Grand Rapids following the flooding of 1904-1908, and they have 
made changes along the Grand River there because you don't hear much about the flooding since that time. I have not done a lot of research into the impact of the flooding up in the Grand Rapids and Lansing area of 1947, so I will have to just kind of guess that they actually um, made improvements. A lot of times the larger cities made improvements before some of the smaller or medium-sized cities did. So it is um, all a very fascinating history when it comes to flooding, and it becomes a very expensive endeavor. And it's something that um, taxpayers want to have repaired, but at the same time, it's one of those events that happens maybe every 10 years, or maybe it doesn't happen as often enough in the memory of people to... uh, prioritize it over the problems they face in present time. And so planning for the future sometimes gets shuffled down the road and the can gets kicked down the road in certain communities, which is the case with a lot of these uh, large infrastructure projects that you don't see the results of until there's a major event like a flood. And um, unfortunately, that's the case with a lot of communities around the country. And it is uh, something that every community has to face at some time. And some make the improvements and some don't until it becomes a major disaster. It's one of those historical facts that makes it very important to study history and learn from it. And looking back at the record flooding in southwest Michigan is something that perhaps every community needs to occasionally be reminded of, of how bad it can get and why it is important to keep your community stormwater and pump systems and river control funded so that those types of things don't cause massive property damage down the road. But that's going to conclude today's journey through history. I hope you found some of this information fascinating. I did find the ice dams being blown up by dynamite in Kalamazoo quite interesting. That's an interesting anecdote that I had not come across before. And as always, if you enjoyed today's episode, if you would please be so kind as to leave a rating or review on whatever app that you are listening on. And if you'd like to reach out to me, you can find me at michaeldelaware.com. I'm always happy to hear from my listeners. And you can also follow me on Facebook at Michael Delaware Author. I am posting a lot on that page lately. Also on Instagram. My handle on Instagram is Michigan History Guy. And of course, if you'd like to pre-order a copy of my upcoming book, Victorian Southwest Michigan True Crime, you could still do so on my website at michaeldelaware.com. There's a link right in the center of the page that you can easily see. Click on the bloody hand and you can get yourself a copy of the book. But that being said, until next time when we take another journey into yesterday and explore even more fascinating tales of Southwest Michigan's past. Thank you for listening.